Hello, my name is Carlos Lopez and I want to welcome you to Magicians Without Borders Conversations episode 40. This is going to be our mailbag episode for the month of May. On this episode, we take questions from the audience and we are going to have especially three questions, just three questions that took us an hour to answer, but it got a wonderful conversation going. We're going to talk about how to complement a magic work with the work that Tom Werner does on dreams. We're going to talk about synchronicity and also Ikigai, that concept that's a wonderful Japanese concept uh, referring to having a direction or purpose in life. But uh, this is awesome because the conversations took us uh, different places and it's a very deep uh, analysis of those questions, but filled with great stories and how you can find or or not find meaning, but create the meaning that you want in your life. It was wonderful having this opportunity to sit down with Tom Berner. So please do sit down and enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Magicians Without Borders Conversations. This is episode 40 and it's our mailbag episode. So tonight we're going to uh, discuss some questions with Tom that you guys have sent and we appreciate that. But before we start, as always, we have some announcements. So, hey, do you shop on Amazon? Do you ever go to Amazon.com and order anything? So if you do, uh, we would love for you to try this next time you go to Amazon. Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to smile.amazon.com. Whenever you go to smile.amazon.com, when you shop, Amazon gives. So every time that you shop on Amazon, on smile.amazon.com, uh, you can select a nonprofit to support and Amazon will donate some uh, some money of your purchase to that nonprofit. So you can you can in this instance uh, select Magicians Without Borders. So if you select Magicians Without Borders when you go to smile.amazon.com and you chop whatever you chop is the same website, same product, same everything. You just select Magicians Without Borders as your selected nonprofit and order anything that you like. And in doing so, you are supporting us in a different way. So please, if you shop on Amazon.com, please consider going to smile.amazon.com and selecting Magicians Without Borders as your nonprofit. So that's a good way to support us. <clears throat> and as always, I am uh, pitching the corporate.magicianswithoutborders.com. This is a great, great way to also support us if you are part of a remote team or if you work in a company that does virtual events. If your company does virtual events or hosts multiple uh, online meetings during the week and you need to enhance the well-being of your coworkers, this is a great way to do so. So you can go to corporate.magicianswithoutborders.com to see uh, our services there. But here I want to leave you with a little bit of a teaser of what that is. that we are supporting our kids, our students from the slums, particularly in Colombia and also in uh, Costa Rica, who performed with us during the show. So that's a great way to support us and them through this a new virtual environment that we're all a part of. And if you want to learn how to do magic or you want us to do a private performance for you, 
at home, you can go to our store. You can go to store.magiciansforthatborders.com and there you can get a live workshops for us or live magic shows from us directly to your house, wherever you are. And you can give this as a gift as well. So if you want to give a gift of become a magician to somebody that you know might learn by, by, might like learning magic from us, you can go to our store and purchase that become a magician self-paced video magic course so this is a great way to support us as well and today is the last wednesday of the month so today is our mailbag episode so a uh, we, we're going to review some uh, questions and comments that you might have uh, sent to us at podcast at magiciansforthaborders.com or that you've sent uh, to our twitter page at magicians wb or in any comments of our social media so in order to do that i'm going to welcome our founder tom how are you tom i am very good we're having beautiful weather here in the green mountains of vermont and i'm once again really happy to be here and i'm still kind of cooking in my head from our conversation last week with Michael Wald and that trip down memory lane and you know the magic shop I I have to say this the magic shop that um, I founded with my friend Milton Nichols um, was a time in my life that you know I haven't really thought very much about you know and Michael bringing me back to that last week and saying what a place that was. It was more than just a shop. It was this this place, this place where he used the term people could come and hang out and where young magicians could hang out with older magicians and seasoned professional performers and magicians who were just beginning and there was a parlor where there were chairs and people could sit around and talk and uh, it just made me appreciate that time in my life in a way that you know I really haven't in in a long time so I want to thank Michael and I really really look forward to him being with us again next week because it like many of our conversations, but that one especially, it felt like we could have gone on and on and on for two or three hours, you know? So, totally. Definitely uh, uh, second that because that conversation was so good. And I can see how it brought both of you back to that time uh, and place, right? So... Uh, I know it was it was kind of wild seeing him, this grown man who's been working as a school psychologist for 35 or 40 years. I'm not sure how long. Um, And um, a lot of what he talked about, he said um, the magic shop was an important thing in his life at that crucial time. And hopefully we're going to talk more about that that adolescent time in our life when we're moving from being a child to being an adult and moving through that time of adolescence, which can be very difficult, you know, and the magic shop and magic helped him make that transition from being a child to being an adult. It added something to that. So, I love that. I agree. It was pretty, pretty lively conversation, and where I was, you know, chatting with Roy, who's joining us, and who says that you need to go to uh, smile.amazon.com if you're in another country, and maybe the the you have a, another extension in the Amazon link. Make sure you go to smile.com, and over there you can select it. But yes, Tom. I mean, it was uh, it was such a lively conversation, and I can only imagine how it must have felt being there with you. Uh, and uh, you know, in a for me, it's like in a in a in a in a moment in time where conversations were 
they had to ensue. I mean, because right now everyone's on on the mobile phones and so digital right now. But but right. back 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 in the day, back uh, in the day, when when you guys were were there. I mean that I don't know. It must have been uh, you know a sense of camaraderie a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I don't know yeah. a little bit. But uh, I don't know. Pretty pretty cool, and I'm I'm looking forward to Michael joining us next week. I, I think I think just to respond to that for a moment, I think it was very much what a lot of us have been missing during the pandemic. You know, um, Janet and I had our first couples over for dinner like two nights ago, and we sat outside, but there they were, and we didn't have masks on, and uh, we were we were sitting there, and we're very lucky here in the United States that so many people, um, in spite of some resistance among some people, a lot of people are getting vaccinated and almost all of our friends are vaccinated and we're vaccinated six weeks ago. Um, but it's personal face to face. And that's really what the magic shop was about. It was what I just said a moment ago. It was real human beings Older men, unfortunately only men, um, who had been doing magic for 40 or 50 years in their life, sitting in the back room of the magic shop, and we would send young magicians back there who had just bought a magic trick, and they would teach them that trick in, in the old way, you know, from like an apprentice or like the the master passing it on to the apprentice you know and th that's so important you know and and yeah. some of that there's amazing things of course because of the internet and the di this very thing we're doing right now for um yeah. amazing things um and yet there's that other thing you know that face to face in person thing that i th i think is still a really wonderful, wonderful thing. So, yes, yes, awesome, Tom. So, yeah, lo lo lovely conversation last week. And well, for this week, we want to answer some of our questions from the mailbag episode. So, uh, we got a, a, just a couple, but that got me thinking on on what usually what magicians do, and in particular, what magicians who have borders does, which is you know mixing things together, right? Mixing things together that are not supposed to be mixed or that are um, usually not mixed, and I think that's what magicians do a lot, right? Those uh, a lot of tricks and a lot of gimmicks that we use are stuff that they're not supposed to be together, but they are together, right? And and that and that creates an impossibility, right? Creates a um, a, a moment of wonder. And, and that's what magicians do, right? And I think magicians without borders, when mixing social work with magic, it does produce something that's different, that's that's uh, the, that's wonderful, that that creates awe and transformation when those things are usually not together, right? Right. So with that in mind, uh, the first question says, uh, it's directed to you because it says, how can you complement your work on magic on magic, in magic, <laughs> I don't know. Your with work magic, on, maybe? I don't know. With yeah. magic. Your work on magic with your work on dreams. So how do you think you can complement, or how, how have you complemented those two? That's a, a, a really um, uh, amazing uh, question, you know, in some ways. Um, I think I think I'd have to say the common element between my work with dreams and my work with magic is that I think magic and dreams awakens the imagination. You know, we might call it wonder. We Wow, how did he do? Oh my God, that's amazing. You know, when 
you wake up from a dream. Like I woke up from a dream yesterday morning. Mm-hmm. Yesterday morning. And it was a dream about a friend of mine, John O'Donoghue, from Ireland, who died, unfortunately, at a, a fairly young age. And he was just an amazing man. And in the dream, there are these various memorials to people who have died are in the dream. And they all involve bicycles somehow. (laughs) Now, there's this bicycle, and it's in honor of John O'Donoghue. Now, John was not a cyclist, as far as I know. I I don't think so. I don't associate him with bicycles. So to think about this dream, I had to start imagining what is the connection between John and bicycles and whatever? And it led me in a whole bunch of different ways in my imagination. And I think as magicians, we do something like you just said, Carlos, and you've said this before, and I find it really, really interesting. And I think you're one of the few people who I've ever heard you know, that like humor, you put two things together that don't fit together, and it makes it funny. You know, mm-hmm. um, that in magic we put two things. We can you give an example of what you mean by magicians putting two things together that don't usually go together, and it becomes magic. Can you think of something? Yes, I mean, I, I mean, uh, of course. For example, if you, if you think on, uh, on on a great magic effect, right, and, and any great magic effect, right, when you know the secret, right, you you might find out that oh, it's something very small, right? It's a little clip here. It's a little thread. It's a little um, trap door. It's a little mirror. It's it's something that's that's not supposed to be in that setting and because it's not supposed to be there, right? Our brain just just passes as inadverted. We just don't... It's just not don't, there, yeah. Right. Not there. But it is the thing that makes the magic work, right? Without that, right. it won't make the magic work, right? We yeah. were playing right before we started with some uh, gaff decks, right? And, and some of those have something in them, right? That they're not supposed to be there, right? But yeah. when you put them together, right, then it creates a beautiful illusion, right? But they're not supposed to be together, right? Like like the, the mind of the magician trying to bring stuff from, from other places and putting them here, it's it just it just works, right? It, it, it's, it's just, it, it creates the wonder, it makes it, I, I was thinking of a very, very simple example of that, uh, Carlos, mm-hmm. that we as magicians um, uh, maybe don't realize um, is the jumbo card. Like they're a jumbo card. Mm-hmm. People know about these little cards, but 99% of the people we perform for have never seen a large card, a big card. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. So, you have them pick a card and you make mistakes and you can't find their card. You miscall it. You say, it was the five of them. They say, no, it wasn't. And it was, no, it wasn't. And then you drop the deck into a bag, a paper bag, and you say, now think of your card. Okay. Send it into my mind. No, I can't see it. Make it bigger. Imagine your card bigger. And they imagine it bigger. And you pull out of the bag a big card, a jumbo card. Now, that, first of all, is their card, which is amazing. But Mm -hmm. even more amazing to them is that the card is big. Now, that's not amazing to magicians at all, because all magicians have played or learned. They know about jumbo cards. But an ordinary lay audience, 
a big a card that has gotten bigger in the bag. That's the illusion. Yeah, is amazing. You know, and it's uh, it's a f- basically fairly simple trick if you know how to do it. It's it's fairly it's, simple. It's a but, but, but the, the the magic of it, the wonder of it, the the illusion of it getting bigger and then having a big card that does not belong there, right? But it's but it's there. I mean, it, it makes the whole illusion real. Yeah, and now to go back to your question, that's the kind of thing that happens in dreams mm-hmm. all the time. You know, he reached into the bag and pulled out this big card. You know, like that's a dream kind of image. You know, like the, you just drop this regular deck of cards into the bag and then you pulled out one of them and it was big and it happened to be their card that they chose freely, supposedly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's something I think that I'm... Um, my sense of psychology uh, is not so much rooted in the mind, mm-hmm. like in the world of thinking, as in the world of imagination. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that for 25 years, I worked as a psychotherapist, working with people who were stuck in their lives. And they just, and they were in despair because they couldn't imagine, there's that word, they couldn't imagine that their life could be any different than the way it was. And in a sense, mental illness or problems, emotional problems that people bring to a psychotherapist are a lack of imagination. That they can't imagine their life being any different than the terrible life that they're living at the moment. And what therapy does is awakens the imagination and they begin to awaken. And we've said this probably a hundred times in all these these 40 episodes. They begin to imagine that what was impossible is now possible. And I think dreams actually help awaken me. Why did I dream of John O'Donoghue and a bicycle? I have to awaken my imagination to start answering that question or trying to understand that that dream. I don't know. Does does that help at all? That, yeah, that, that makes sense. That, that makes sense. I mean, I mean, with that that, that last, uh, last uh, explanation there of 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 how when we're stuck, right? And we don't have the, I don't know how to call it, the ability to imagine or the or we don't give ourselves the permission to imagine, right? A, a different all that, all that can be a way to say it. Yep. So when we're in that situation, right, we need a trigger. We need a, 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 something that to, to, to snap, snap us out, right? Or to something needs to happen so that we, we can, you know, explore different situations, different outcomes. And, 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 and I think that, that does tie a lot with what we do in Magicians Without Borders, meaning that, that, that we're, we're trying to, to, to give the, uh, our students the possibility of imagining a, a different future, right? Because they absolutely yeah. most most of the time living in the situation that they live, their future is limited, right? They might not have a, 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 um, a psychological trauma, or they don't, don't might not have a, a great you know a, 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 I don't know if they, they they're not diagnosed with some a, something a, of mental health necessarily. Right. But, but, but their situation is seems 
like there's no they can't go further than what they can see with their peers right that their future right. has to be the same that their peers so they cannot imagine them having a different future going different places doing different jobs or occupations or just you know experiencing a different life than their peers or their elders right right here to experience this and that's what they got right and, and well that's unfortunate and, and and i think the magic does is the key that allows them to do exactly that to say oh, if this is possible right if oh, if i am wow if i just witness this right then maybe i can i can I, I can go a little bit further with my imagination on my future right yeah I think that key of what you said, allowing them to imagining something that's possible to, to become possible. I think that that's just, I mean, it does tie, tie up pretty cool. But as you said, you have to be either willing or you have to be aware that you need to nourish that, that imagination. You need to, to, to be aware that as you were saying on psychotherapy, if you're going through ter- therapy, or, or, or me as a as a as somebody that has gone to therapy all my life, I know that one of the biggest moments for me was I, I don't remember how how my therapy did it because it was a long time ago, but it, it was like like I uh, like all my problems and all the. The, the voices in my head, I had to picture them as a as a, as a little animal on, on top of my shoulder and, and just saying that, just be aware that it's there, right? But also be aware that if it is there, it's because you put it there, right? And you yeah. can make him either go away or, or, or acknowledge that he's there, but not pay attention or whatever. But, but you have to be able to make that awareness and then imagine something else. Try to move past it. I think, I think, um, I think it was, um, the romantic British poet, um, William Blake, who said, we become what we behold, what we see, you know, and, and our folks like Cameron Diego and those who have been doing these amazing shows for the Google corporations around the world and their mind is blown that they're performing for Google. They they lived in a very specific kind of circumscribed world, a kind of small world. And they were going to become pretty much what they beheld, what they saw around them and the role models and examples and uh, and that. And then you came in, Ryan came in, and you came in, and I think you opened up their world. And their world became bigger, and they could imagine more possibilities. And, and you saw them in a different way, and you said certain things to them. Like you could be blah, blah, blah. You could, you know, and that was impossible in that earlier view of their world, that their world opened up. And I, I think that's what a mentor does. They see them in a way that other people maybe don't see them. Or at least they say it to them in a way that if a parent says it, oh, that's what you can become anything you want. Well, that's what parents are supposed to say. But if a coach says it, or a magic teacher says it, or a friend says it, it's different. You know? Yes, and uh, th- that brings me back to the class we had on Monday. On Monday, I was I was uh, helping out on a, on, a, on a class in a local chapter here, and we were introducing the kids on uh, on we we, we do. A, um, a little course on, on entrepreneurship, basic things. So we, we give them personal finance and then we give them sales 
um, tips and sales, uh, a little sales sales course that we developed, and we were introducing that sales course. And on, on that sales course, I one of the the approaches we have with them is like, you know, we ask them, you know, how do you generate the money, right? We're living in this society, whether we like it or not, in this in uh, here in Colombia and in the states, in in a, in a capitalistic system yeah. that has all its flaws, right? But we, we are in it, right? Yeah. So if we're in it. We need to learn how to navigate it. But for them, when we when we ask them, you know, how do you generate the money? The the simplest answer they're allowed. You have to go work. For a for for a boss, that's the the word. Find a boss, right? Like not even a job, but, but like find somebody that will give you money to do something. But but not, not necessarily as job seeking, but to find a patron. Patron is not the word or, or patron. A patron, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like find some. I don't know if it's patron the word, but that's a word that we that we use here. Like find somebody. Yes. That, that that will tell you what to do, right? And and usually those kinds of, of, of work that they do are very mundane, very, you know, either do cleaning or do errands or, you know, yeah. stuff that it's that it's you know limited and anybody can do. But that's their mindset, right? And and then one of the challenging questions that we ask is okay, now we're gonna try and look around right, your world around you and figure out something that you can uh, create a company around right and they're like what why do you mean create a company right and, and and just that question challenged them because because they 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 have this and we've seen this everywhere that we ask this question is that they say no uh, uh, the companies that are made by people that have money right and, and they're the ones that have companies because they have the money right but they don't see it the, the, the other way around. Like when you live in abundance, you you think, hey, if I want money, I'm gonna have a company. I'm gonna develop a company. I'm gonna you know try to sell a product or service to earn money, right? To make money. And and that switch, it's it's very hard to do uh, when you're living in poverty. But but it's amazing when you see that click on them, right? Because you say you you can do it, right? I mean you could. Everything that you see around you, the plates that you eat at home with, the little glasses that you uh, have at home, the little gadgets that you use, somebody made them, right? And somebody um, uh, marks them, markets them and sells them. But you can imagine that. I mean, give them the freedom to, to, to explore, to, to open up their imagination and that. Uh, that, that's wonderful, and I'm very eager to continue these classes with them because we're going to discover that, and they are going to discover that wow. that is a possibility. That doesn't mean that it's easy or not, but it's like a great uh, entrepreneur from India said. He said, you know, being poor is tough as shit, but being an entrepreneur is tough as shit. So which <laughs> one of shit would you like, right? <laughs> yeah. So... So, and that's, that's very good to, to, to open that, 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 that opportunity up. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think what you're saying is, um, uh, the original question back there is how does this work that we're doing relate to the work I do with dreams? And in many ways, you're trying to get those, those young folks to dream about something you know like what how can you do you have a dream no i don't well and then you begin to talk with them and give examples and then they say you know you know i'd really like to dot 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 you know i'd like to you know be a teacher or i'd like to be a this or i'd like to be a that you know and and then and then you they start imagining their lives differently and their horizon gets bigger. You know, like when you show that, when you show that uh, little video of, of their neighborhood, you know, the houses are so close together and, um, and yet um, the world is out there, you know, but we have to open their imaginations to see it. You know? 
you, Andy. That's wonderful. I, I love I that. love that you're teaching them that. Thank you, Carlos. That's great. Yes, it's it's awesome. And, and actually that, that course in sales was put together by two of our volunteers that work in very different fields. One she works a as a um uh, a meeting planner for corporations and, and countries and she sells Columbia to the world and the other one sells software. <laughs> so it's pretty cool how those two uh, different uh, profiles you know, came together and both in their own lives have had a great change by being in sales. And I, I know that, that sales is something that's challenging for most people that, are, that, that you don't, you're not sure how to start or where to start or what are the tools, the tips and everything. And even more so, when you are living in a in a society that oppresses you because you don't have uh, a purchasing power, right? You don't have economic power, so you're oppressed by that system. So when you have to go into that system and say, "Hey, I have something of value to sell to you, right, or to uh, a service or a, or a product for you," it's super challenging because you have to to uh, have a lot of self-confidence in what you are selling, right? Yeah. And that's the work that we do with the magic, right? The magic gives them that self-confidence so that they can, in turn, later, you know, go and sell it. But so it's a great, it's a great, it's a great uh, course. And, and actually one of the, the, the little modules is taught by um, a guy that sells on, uh, on one of the greatest uh, hotel chains in, in America called the Hard Rock Cafe Hotels. Oh, sure, yeah. So, so for the Mexican part, for the, for the West Coast, he does sales for that, especially for wines. You know, he's got, he sent us like 10 videos of, of tips and, and tricks that he has learned in over 20 years of being in sales. So that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, wow. That's great. Awesome, Tom. So how, how about we, we, we transition here to to uh, the second question that I think it's a little bit related because it says, hey, Tom, what are your experiences on synchronicity? Because you talked about that on last episode. Yeah. Right? So, so and we've talked about it, how, you know, this, the chapter in Colombia got started with the magazine, Genie Magazine, and Gustavo Lorja being in it. Right. And, and, I'm, and, I'm, yeah, there, there have been a lot of... Um, for those folks who don't know what um, synchronicity is, it's when it's sing, S-Y-N, which is together in, in Greek, and chronicity is time. It's like when two moments of time come together, and you can say it was just a coincidence and dismiss it, or you can say that they came together and they have some kind of meaning. And one that just popped into my mind, and it's a really pretty magical one, is Janet and I were in uh, Serbia. And we were heading from, from Serbia to um, Bosnia the next day or that night by bus, and we traveled by bus. And Janet uh, fell asleep on the bus, we both did, and she had a dream about her brother, Charlie, who um, died when he was only 10 years old of leukemia. And it was a very powerful time in her life. He was just a couple years older than Janet. Janet had eight brothers and a sister, big family. And um, she had this dream. Um, and But it was more than a dream, she said, because she said, I, I had this amazing thing happen to me. Charlie came to me last night. So it, it, she didn't say, I had a dream about Charlie. She said, mm -hmm. Charlie came to me last night on the bus and I saw him. Mm -hmm. So we got to Sarajevo 
and um, we checked into a little hotel that we were staying in. And um, I had a very scary moment, actually, in that hotel. Um, mm -hmm. I went into the bathroom and I opened, uh, I spread the curtain that was covering the window in that bathroom. And there was what was called Sniper's Ridge. Like during the terrible war just a year earlier in Sarajevo, there were snipers up on that very hill that I was looking at right outside the window, and they were killing individual people. And if I had been there a year earlier and the sniper happened to see that curtain open, bam, you know, I would have been dead. It was like amazing. So um, we went to the UN High Commission for Refugees because they had set up some shows in refugee camps for us. Mm -hmm. And we got to the UN headquarters in Sarajevo. And the person who was helping us, the public information officer, as they called her, she said, I'm sorry, but there's been some trouble in the refugee camps and we can't go to the refugee camp and perform today. But for some reason, from a children's hospital that specializes in leukemia patients, they called us this morning and they would like you to go over and perform for those children who have leukemia in that hospital. And Janet looked at me and she said, you know, I think Charlie arranged this show. <laughs> so that's an example of synchronicity. Now, if we could have said that was a complete coincidence. Coincidence, yeah. She has a dream or a vision of Charlie who died 30 years, 40 years earlier, who died of leukemia. We show up. The shows have been canceled, but one at a leukemia hospital. I actually have a picture downstairs. Can I run down and get it from that show? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll be right wow. back. You talk to people. <laughs> wow. Tom goes and gets that a uh, that uh, a picture a uh, we'll do a pause and i'll tell you different ways that you can support us one is through patreon so you can go to patreon.com slash mwb and that is a different way that you can support us if you go to patreon.com slash mwb you can see different tiers of uh, support that you can give us and in each one you'll get different rewards so we're going to do um, different videos for you different things that we're going to uh, give different types of patreons and that is uh, another way that you can support the work that we do that a uh, you know funds uh, shows for refugees all over the world and our education chapters that we've started in six different countries uh, over a dozen of them in six different countries uh, and people like Diego and Pamela that are performing with us for uh, clients like Google so this is a, a good way to support us so let's bring back Tom and see if he found that picture you found it Tom? I did find it and it was such a special moment that we have this picture hanging up downstairs and I don't know whether you're going to be able to see it. Can you see it? Yes. Okay, so there's me. There, yeah, there's you. With the mask on because this young girl, was her immune system was very damaged. And mm -hmm. she, uh, you know, had a bald head because she was getting chemotherapy and mm -hmm. radiation. And that's from that very show that I just um, talked to you about. Um, it did mean a lot. It did mean a lot. It wasn't just coincidence for you guys. I, it, it didn't. 
and it and it's one of the it's one of the I'm actually trying to work on a book about all these stories that have happened to us. It's called The Soul of Magic. That's the working title of this book. And that's one of the stories uh, in the book of how it seemed like this work with Magicians Without Borders. There were other hands organizing our experiences, invisible hands, uh, we call them angel moments, Janet and I. Like mm-hmm. angels arrange that show somehow. But anyhow, um, that's an example for me of synchronicity, where two things happened. Uh, uh, Janet has this dream of her brother Charlie, who died of leukemia. And we show up in Sarajevo, our shows in the refugee camps have been canceled, but another show happened to get arranged that was for children with leukemia in a hospital. Beautiful. I don't know how you can just write that off as just, oh, that was just, a, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Trying to think because there's so many moments like that with the work that we do in Magicians Without Borders and and, and and you know I can think of a couple. So the one that we talked a lot is me meeting Ryan when he, when he was here, right? Yeah, like like just a week, less than a week. Uh, he has he had not been here a week, and we were were in contact because it was you know like it had it was meant to be, and I had just researched Nigerians with the borders, and so that was um, that moment. But another moment was when in Costa Rica. The way that Diego tells the, the stories is probably going to be better than what I do now. But but we wanted to start the program in Costa Rica, right? We had some partners there that wanted to do it, but we were missing a, a magician that was socially conscious, conscious and was willing to do the work with Magicians Without Borders, right? We tried to find, we talked with a couple of them. We, there was no feeling we couldn't do it with them. But then uh, I remember that I said, okay, I I've exhausted my knowledge of magicians from Costa Rica. We tried from my network. We couldn't, couldn't do it. How about you guys try? Like, if you see a magician in your lives, right? Just tell your network. Hey, we're looking for a magician hey, that might that might want to work with us, right? And they we had a meeting. That was said. And let's say this was like a Wednesday, right? On that Friday, on that week's Friday. A Diego, a magician from Magicians, uh, from Magicians with the Borders now in Costa Rica. We have not met him. We didn't know he existed. But one of the best friends of our partners there, she was seeing a corporate show, right? And she saw a magician, right? And she's like, oh, that magician's pretty cool, right? And it was something that had to do with a social thing. I don't remember if it was something for a foundation or something, but he's like, hey, Maybe that that's the magician, and the, the way Diego tells this story is pretty cool. But it's something like Diego was there, right? And then he sat down, and the event continued, right? And then he saw a, a, a woman, you know, kneeling down, almost, you know, crawling in the in the in the floor because she didn't want to interrupt the the, the event to tap him in the shoulder, right, and say, "Hey, I just wanted to to let you know that." I need to talk to you, right? Because there's something called Magicians Without Borders and we're looking for a magician. We're looking for a magician. You might be it, right? And he was there sitting in, in the event, hearing that, right? And he had just a weeks prior seen the video of Magicians Without Borders and seeing and, and, and writing that famous uh, Facebook message. <laughs> all that right and she, she's like no don't tell me about magicians for the borders i know what magicians for the borders is i've been trying to get in touch with them and it's like with that moment of wow right and then that's how we we got the end right yeah so that's another another moment of of synchronicity yeah and and, and and i i just think you know people say you know um i i just think that 
that those kind of things, that there's something out there in the world that brings these things together, um, that brought um, Diego into our lives. And um, then he took that long, like 20-hour bus ride to El Salvador to meet me. And uh, we, uh, I just think, I love to imagine that the world out there is not a dead world, that it's really alive and that there's all this amazing stuff going on all the time. And oh, we only, um, every now and then, I think it's happening all the time, but I think we only cue into it like maybe one out of a 50 50 times, you know, but I think it's going on all the time. We just miss it a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty cool. And so, I know Michael wants to talk more about this next week. You know? Definitely. Definitely. I think. And I would love anybody who hears this show to tell us examples in your life of synchronistic events, you know, things that have happened that just seem like way more than just coincidence that this means something that this person came into my life or that this happened or my car broke down in that town where I met the woman I would end up marrying, you know, Um, you know, there are amazing things that happen to people. Um, So that would be awesome. So, uh, please do send those at, uh, uh, at magicianswb on Twitter or send us an email podcast at magicianswb.com if you want us to discuss that further. And I, I, I want to leave all of us with a thought. And it's, you know, we've been talking about, you know, how to complement things that are not supposed to complement each other or things that, that are very far apart and this synchronicity. And I want to introduce a term uh, that's a Japanese term that's ikigai. So ikigai is kind of like the reason for living. So it's, it's a Japanese concept uh, referring to having a, a purpose in life, right? So and and the uh, epidemiology etymology, sorry, is it, it comes from iki, which is to live, and gai that means reason, right? So like the reason to live. Right, and there's a a beautiful diagram that I'm showing right now. And if you guys listening on the podcast, you can search Ikigai the way you you write Ikigai is with an I K I G A I, and that Ikigai it's like the way of finding that purpose, right? Finding that purpose or that reason for living. And that is the, the, the intersection of four things, of what you love, what you're good at, what you can get paid for, and what the world needs. So mm. those four things in, in circles and those circles, you know, uh, intersect with each other. You're going to have four intersections. You're going to have one intersection that is the intersection between what you love and what you're good at, right? And that intersection is called the passion, right? Something you're very passionate about. Oh. The intersection between what you're good at and what you get paid for, that intersection is called the profession, right? Something that you can be a professional on, on or off, right? And then the intersection between what you can get paid for and what the world needs, that's a vocation. Right? That is a vocation. And the intersection between what you love and what the world needs, that intersection is your, is a mission, right? That could be your mission, right? And then the, 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 the idea that if you, you find an intersection of the four circles, right? That's your ikigai, right? That is your reason for being or your purpose for living. So, of course, there, there's more intersections when you see the diagram. Uh, when you see the diagram, you can see that there's uh, more intersections. That when you have three intersections of, for example, what you love, what you're good at, and what you pay for it, you can find satisfaction, but feeling uh, somehow useless, right? 
or when you have a, an intersections of what you're good at, what you get paid for, and what the world needs, you're comfortable, but you might feel empty. And when you find an intersection with what you love, what you get paid for, and what the world needs, you, you feel excitement and complacency, but there is a sense of uncertainty. And the, the other intersection is between what you love, what you're good at, and what the world needs. And that gives you feelings of delight and full, fullness, but not wealth. And that's why we need to try and find the four, the, the four intersections, that ikigai. And that is hard to do. I mean, the concept is beautiful, but it is, of course, hard to do. And I think that us, um, well, this is the question for you, Tom. In my life, I, I have found it very hard to be in the center of the ikigai, right? I've, uh, I've certainly been in, in, the, in the intersection of two circles, right? And maybe even three. And for brief moments, on the intersection of four. And, and that's the question that I wanted to ask you. So, someone that, that has lived uh, uh, you know, a little bit longer than I have <laughs> and that has done uh, a bunch of things. And when you hear this concept, what comes to mind? What do you make of, of this concept? I, I think it's, um, I, I really, um, like so many things, Carlos, you, you bring new things into my life all the time. And this is, um, this is the first time I'm ever seeing this particular, um, you know, idea, this ikigai, uh, reason for being. Um, but the idea itself is not, you know, new to me in, in many ways. And when we talk about magicians without borders, um, uh, to high school students say, you know, we say to them, you know, from one point of view, it's kind of silly, like being a magician. And now I'm going to use magic to change the world or to make the world, uh, a better place or, to respond to, as it says over there, what the world needs. And yet, that's what we do. It's something I love. It's something I was pretty good at. Could you put that back up there saying, oh, that's great. It's something that we could, uh, you know, appeal to people to pay us to do this, to support magicians without borders and god knows it's something the world really needs you know even if it's just to laugh and to have wonder in a very painful difficult situation like a refugee camp or an orphanage and that idea of passion profession vocation and mission it just feels fantastic. And like I said, when we talk to high school students, we say, what is it that you love? Like, what is your passion? You know, like uh, our friend Ben, his passion was volleyball. I'm, I'm sorry, his passion was soccer, was football. Mm -hmm. And he started, and it was his profession. Um, and he was called to do it. It was his vocation. And he turned it into a mission by starting Soccer Without Borders. And we say to kids, maybe you're, what you're good at, what you love, what your passion is, is mathematics. How can you use mathematics? You know, to, does the world need that? Well, you could become a tutor in an orphanage around the world and teach kids if it's really your passion and you love mathematics um you can turn kids on and they might end up becoming engineers or teachers or whatever whatever you love whatever you're good at you can get paid for it and make the world a better place by doing it in a particular kind of way. I, I think this is, this is brilliant. I think. 
we got to talk more about this. I know um, yes. we're getting, getting close to the end, but once again, thank you for bringing something. You know what this does? It's like a lot of charts. Is it organizes things in a way that we can really understand them, um, and it pulls them together. And I love uh, charts that have overlapping circles like this. It's wonderful, but I wanted to end this with a what you just said because what what we do, a, I think, can be summed up in this uh, phrase that it's it's not the magic that we do is what we do with magic. Right? Absolutely, that's that's the that's our version of what you just had on there. That ikikai. Exactly, and, and and you can substitute the word magic with something that might be your pa your passion, your mission, your vocation, or your profession. So you can actually try and and, and, and align and design your life around something that that that, that can fit into this sentence. And yeah, that, that's what I want to you know leave you, Tom, and our listeners with a for this. Uh, for this week's episode, I mean, it's uh, those those three questions were a handful, and uh, uh, oh, thank you for sending those in. What a perfect way to end, Carlos. That's it's not the magic we do; it's what we do with the magic. It's not the math we do; it's what we do with the math. It's not the soccer we do; it's what we do with the you know fill in the blank in one's own life, you know and. You can do what you do in a in a way that it becomes a mission, not just an occupation or a job. Wow, very very good uh, way to end and let that marinate. And well, thank you, Tom, for being here with us. And we'll see you and everybody else next week. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you, everybody. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Bless you. Bye.